about Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs to the phone Dreaming of a better home We while focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas let this last That was a great sounds of Watson with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues, is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us today on Behind the Brand? It is a perfect Friday. When you can wake up in the land of pretend, when you can jump into the being of another, when you can portray stories that are there for other people. One of the most incredible things about this show is we love to tell those stories. We love to embrace the weird and just tell incredible stories. So for here and for today, Back when you were a kid and you were standing in front of your mirror and you were saying line for line, the princess bride or belly, pick one, you know, you knew who you were. You knew you were in that moment. You knew you were Nas coming up or you knew you were the dread pirate Roberts. Our imagination is one of the most key things possible. And when we stop playing, we stop being human beings. And it is the actors that fully appreciate and show us that we can continue to play. We don't need a Tonka truck, although Tonka trucks were amazing. So today, we have an actor, a director, a podcaster. This dude even is one of the top heads of the film festival for Bridgeport. Put your hands together, not if you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2 because we don't need any accidents. But mentally, throw your hands together for the amazing, the incredible Jason Combs. What's going on, brother? Welcome, Benvenue. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show today. What a great no, introduction. I try, you know, I try, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, sometimes you get a little bit of stuck and you just got to continue to go with the flow. I treat everything like freeform jazz. Um, so it kind of <laughs> works out well for me. Um, but, you know, to, to be honest and, and, and all, all that, um, you, you were someone who was actually referred to us by our amazing network of, of, of weirdos, wackos and, and, and awesomeness. Um, all because yes. you, sir, are are an entertainer in the fullest form of every aspect of it. Now, was this, you know, the calling of your life or was this something you stumbled into? What was the pure, what was your origin story, sir? Tell us your origin story. Yeah. killed your Uncle Ben? <laughs> it's not that dramatic. Um, I, did spend, <laughs> I just spent a lot of time alone as a kid, as a latchkey kid, you know, early 90s. So I was raised on a lot of TV, a lot of HBO. Um, so I just remember it was like kind of like three things, right? I remember watching Will Smith and Fresh Prince, Whitney Houston and The Bodyguard, mm. <laughs> and then the Teenage Mutant, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Those three things were like the culmination of like, oh my gosh, I love these things. And people get to like be on TV and, and pretending and get to like be like in this fantastical world. Can I do that? Oh, I think I can. 
And that kind of was like the culmination. And ever since I was six, I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to be on TV. Like those kids, like Macaulay Culkin. Like I just wanted to be an entertainer. Like it's the only thing I've ever wanted to be since I was a kid. Now I, I have to I have to say first of all that's that's an awesome story and I love that those are <laughs> those are the three you know it's like yeah. awesome you know absolutely incredible makes complete cultural sense it's awesome and then you know Whitney Houston uh, Whitney Houston awesome bodyguard hi hi you know and then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then like all of a sudden Corey Corey Feldman winds up showing up for no apparent reason like in your thing which is is great <laughs> I mean and anyone who can say I wanted to be an actor because of something Corey Feldman did um, that's 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 all it it, it is there for sure. Um, but for sure. <laughs> um, as as you continue to evolve and grow and, and do all of these these amazing things, what's your what's your white whale? Like what's the what's the, what's the one role that if you could seriously like lose a limb to play, what what is that role and why is it so darn important to you? Oh, that's such a that's a great question. I've never been asked before i think it would probably be i don't think it's a role i think it's more of a mm -hmm. collaboration right i would i would give a limb to to work on a work of jordan peele on mm -hmm. some kind of horror adjacent film where i got to be either the lead i mean i, I would take the lead but i would also take you know a supporting role in, in something that that he wrote and produced and directed because i think he's an absolute genius and I'm obsessed with his work. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him, clearly. But I, I respect him because he come from, like, a comedy background. And he's made, like, his way into horror as well, which is two of my favorite kind of genres. So I don't think I don't have a role, but definitely a person I would love to collaborate with. No, that, that's that's awesome. And actually, I mean, you're you're in that path. You're, you're, you're walking that walk. You... You've actually been part of one of the the most incredible, I'll say TikTok phenomenons, although it was TikTok phenomenon by adjacent. Um, <laughs> you know, be being in the uh the SNL uh digital skit uh cuffing season, uh, uh you know, I think is one of the coolest things. W when I got your bio, that was the first thing like I text uh prestige about. I was like, <laughs> yo, he's in a video with Shazam! You know, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it's that video that, you know, for the longest time, especially during the winter to fall, when you were scrolling through the TikTok, um, you know, every other aspect. And then you had like all these incredible, you know, jacked dudes being all sorts of mad. <laughs> That's not what they mean. Um, you know, so how did how did you wind up, you know, being on set with SZA like and all of these incredible uh, female comedic act actresses? Yeah, it was wild because I, over the pandemic, I had like this dream that I was like on SNL, which was like random because of course everyone like watches SNL and, and, you know, it would be such an honor to be like the host of SNL one day, but I had this dream that was like backstage. And I can remember that dream so vividly in like in 2020. And then I was working on this docu-series and it was like our final week of production on it. And it was really stressful and like really hectic. And I got this email, this random email was like, SNL casting, are you interested? Text this number. And I looked at it and I was like, whatever. No, I don't have time for that. That sounds like a scam. And I kept working on this project. And then something in my back of my head was like, you should just like, just look at the email. So I, I opened up the email and it was still kind of sketchy. It was like, text this number. But I was like, let me do my research, right? So I researched the casting director and it was from the casting director's assistant and it was a lit casting, it was a legit casting director. So I was like, okay, the texting part was still a little sketchy, but I was like, let me just see what's up with this. I, I couldn't get it out of my head. 
So I texted the person and they were like, can you send some pictures of yourself? And I guess, you know, if I was like a female, I probably mm -hmm. would be a little more hesitant. But I was like, I can send a couple pictures, like whatever. So I did. And they were like, well, we're looking for like, you know, cuddly teddy bears to hang out with the cast in a skit. And I was like, okay. Um, and they were like, can you, are you available tomorrow? Can you get a COVID test like right away? And then I was like, this seems still seems a little weird but i'm gonna go for it so I, I texted my job and my boss is super super lenient he was like we're almost at the end of this thing like go do it so i i ended up going to new york the next morning at what five o'clock in the morning still thought it was a scam because it wasn't at the it wasn't at the main studios it was like by the west side highway and i was like walking like five o'clock in the morning like okay like you know i might get murdered this might be a scam but <laughs> i finally got to the lobby it was like okay snl digital skits and it was you know i signed an official paperwork and everything and i was like okay so i guess like you know it kind of was kind of fell into my lap where someone was like mm -hmm. looking for my type you know um which was great i didn't have to like submit or anything for it but um you know i was still kind of nervous because when I got there, they were like, oh, we have to teach you this like dance routine. And I was like, wait, I thought I was going to be cuddling with the cast. I, I don't I don't dance. And, uh, you know, they had what six of us, six of us bigger mm -hmm. guys. And they were like, OK, fitting and then choreography go. And we have to learn like all this choreography. And and then I found out I was like going to be behind SZA. It just kept getting more and more heightened. I was like, I can't believe you're going to make me dance behind one of the biggest stars in the world like i'm not a dancer but they they um you know they faked it they cleaned it up really good they like you know did some cool shots to hide my lack of my lack of dance so humble i've seen that video several hundred times and you dance divinely sir you dance divinely <laughs> well that what happens when you work with professionals you know they know what they're doing so yeah it's true it's true and it was such a great time and, and what I love, and I hope they're, that everyone who's listening right now, they pull over to the side of the road and take out a pen and a piece of paper. Sometimes those emails and those text messages can amount to something, but you have to do that research first. And also, you know, maybe you, you carry uh, something heavy in your pocket just in case you're walking down the West Side Highway and that yeah. van does pull up. <laughs> um, you know, we want to be 100% careful. But exactly, you took exactly. a chance, you, you took a risk, and that is very much of the entertainment industry. It's one of the most incredible things about being an actor or being an entertainer is you have to be able to take those risks, you know, take those roles that, um, you know, some people would be afraid of. And those are more people who are afraid of those roles. Maybe that means that role is meteor, you know, and that's the stuff that's going to get you the accolades that are necessary. You know, what I love to say is, is I look at all art, I want to try to be like Al Pacino, not as per as phenomenal of an, uh, an actor that he is, or but or phenomenal as an artist as he is. But I want to do these big budget stuff to finance me going and doing Shakespeare in the Park for free. Um, you know, so it's these incredible opportunities. 100%. So when when do you think you know what is your big budget aspect that is allows you to do your Shakespeare in the Park? Oh, like um, a project that I I want to get, I want to I want to produce, like myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, what 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 what's the one that we're, we're that that we're we're, we're putting the shat all, all the little pennies and shackles together and, and and getting for? What is your clerks? What is your meta Ian? What is what is that aspect for you? Yeah. So, um, like I said earlier, I I I love horror, and I'm I've been writing this this horror script called The Red Ties, which is. You know, um, it's about this couple who is on a romantic little getaway and they end up uh, 
being accosted by a cult. So <laughs> that's kind of like the script I've been working on. I've done a bunch of readings for it. I've pitched it to a couple of producers here and there. Um, I'm just waiting for someone to give the green light. And I think there's room for it to have sequels and to become a franchise. So I guess I'm kind of putting like all my eggs in that basket right now, <laughs> which is, you know, probably not the best idea, but you know, for now it is what it is. And that's what I'm like spearheading, telling people about trying to get people excited about it. Well, and, and that's, that's one of the things, especially in, in the industry of entertainment, you know, you're constantly told, you know, make sure, make sure you, you, you got a good day job, make sure you, you, you do this type of aspect. Um, so we are kind of, brought up in in the culture of not putting all the eggs in, in the basket but if we really pay attention to all of those success stories that 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 you know really cracked out of the park it was those that didn't have the backup plan it was those that were able to invest a hundred percent into that dream no matter how delusional it did sound um you know and not not saying that your dream is delusional at all because i'm actually really digging it and that's dope and you know if you need some soundtrack work i know some people um uh, but thank you. I'm, I'm just being real. That's, that's what that's what we do. I love that. Um, hey, organic connection right there. Come on. Ex exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's actually my hip hop name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did say that I was a fool. Um, I just. I appreciate. It. I fully own my fullness. Um, but organic you know, connection it is, on the ones and twos. <laughs> always. Yes. Exactly. See, there we go. Um, you know, while you're going forward and you are doing this, you are doing readings on it, you're doing those type of aspects. Now, there's a whole bunch of people that are listening right now that have no idea what a reading is. There's a whole bunch of people that are listening right now that have no idea what those steps are. Um, so let's pull the curtain back. Let's show them, you know, the dude that's actually running uh, everything. It's it's just some old old guy. Uh, there's no wizard. Uh, it's just some old <laughs> guy pull, pulling on some level le levels, speaking into a microphone, um, you know. What what are these steps that you're talking about? What is a reading? Yeah, it's not like when you sit down and have your palms out and you get charged seven hundred dollars, right? No, no, it's not that cool. No, but um, you know, it's um, I teach a writing course uh here in Bridgeport every couple months, and the number one thing I always tell my my students is writing is rewriting. So I spent a year just kind of working on this script, doing like I think seven drafts of it. When I was finally ready to share it with other people, because, you know, sharing something you wrote is this kind of nerve wracking, right? You're like, oh, people are going to like this. Are people going to find the jokes funny? Are people going to think this is scary? So, like, you know, it took a while for me to be comfortable to do a reading on Zoom. So but, but what that means is I got a bunch of my actor friends. I, um, you know, gave out the parts um, based on who I thought would be best for the role for this reading. Had someone read the stage directions. And then, you know, I also invited some people who were just writers and directors to just listen and then, you know, we did it on Zoom, I think, in maybe early 2021. And then it was like three hours, you know, we read the script for two hours and it was like an hour feedback where everyone just gave me, you know, they gave me notes on what they thought worked, what they thought didn't work. You know, the actors, you know, they were reading it kind of for the first time out loud. So, you know, what felt organically um, in their speech when they were speaking the lines, what felt real, what felt what didn't feel real. And I just took all that feedback so I could do draft eight, nine and ten. And then that took me all of last year, just kind of like, you know, okay, I get tired. I put it away for a little bit and I go back to it like a month later. And I did another reading in person finally um, this past spring. 
So that was kind of the same thing, getting, you know, some actor buddies together. But it was different because, you know, when you're on Zoom, there's always delays and, and there's lag. And, you know, you're not really sure if, if all the jokes are landing because people have their mic, their mics on mute. But actually hearing it in like actual group in person was was pretty phenomenal. And I got a lot of good feedback from there. And again, it was like, you know, just like an hour after people giving notes, people were taking notes during the reading and they you know, gave me all this, all this feedback, what they thought could make it better and what they thought, you know, could be improved and what they really liked about it. And then I take all that information. I kind of just kind of sift it through and say, okay, what works for me, right? Because well, everyone has an opinion at the end of the day, but it's kind of like up to me kind of to kind of sift through the ones that I think can mesh well with what I'm trying to do with my theme and my thesis with the script. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> that's a long, no, long no. Answer. <laughs> that's, that's, really but that's, it's true and it's real. And, and it's, it's what people forget go into this process. You know, it's, it's what people forget when, you know, you hear big budget movies that are cost this amount of money. It's not because, you know, people showed up and they do this type of aspect. Yes. The um, visual art aspect, all those type of things are going to cost, but it's also the hours upon hours that went into writing the script, went into editing the script, you know, and, uh, you know, for some for some pictures, there are, you know, writers and editors still on set while it's happening because someone could have ad libbed something that made so much more sense, you know, um, so it's all of these different things. It's not a one and done type of thing. You know, acting is not actually the lazy man's sport. Uh, it, it is, it is one of those things that you really do have to invest in and go back and, and reread and to truly understand who your character is, um, is, is the key. Um, now as you are writing, do you like go back to reading the hero's journey and just pick those different type of, uh, archetropes? Um, or, um, are you basing these characters off of peoples or personalities in which you you have already know or have come come through? And if so, I give you full and total rights to you know make me beautiful. To, to, to add DJ, 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 DJ. WNHHLP one hundred three point five FM New Haven, myself Prestige and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City made EZ Blues is in the building. We have the very intelligent Jason A. Combs with us on behind the brand. Go right ahead, Jason, with that answer. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for that. No, I'm the kind of person where I think I heard from a writer friend of mine who like does who writes books that there's there is plotters who are people who like sit down mm -hmm. and plot and they write everything out. And then there's like pantsers, who are people who just write by the seat of their pants. And I'm definitely a plotter. Like I will spend literally months kind of outlining my characters. Like I'll write everything from, you know, their relationships, how they feel about the other characters in the script to like their zodiac signs. Like I get kind of like really anal like about that as well. Um, and yeah, sometimes, you know, they're based on real people. They're based on myself. I add a little things of my personality in there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I add, you know, they're, they're composites. They're not just like right. one person's not equal to like one friend or something. They're like composites of different people in my life and, you know, funny people. I've seen, I used to live in New York. So people I've seen on the subway, you know, people I've met at old jobs, um, creepy people I've seen at, you know, <laughs> in random places, you know, I kind of just put them all into like. I guess a bowl or a mixing bowl and kind of just like mm -hmm. that way. No, that, and, and that is, that is real. And then that's 100% how, how I think art should be. It should be a, an amalgamate of your experiences. Not, not a single uh, aspect, but you know, who am I? I'm just some weird dude bearded and tattooed, but <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's just great questions. I love it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. Now, as you do, what do you prefer? 
you know, you, you are a you are a jack of all trades, um, as per writer, as per director, as per you know producer, as per and a lot of these as per again is because it's independent. Um, I'm sure there are a whole bunch of jobs you wish you didn't have to do for this. Um, but what what is what is the one that truly comes from the heart for you? Because from what I'm hearing, it really does seem like it's the writing aspect of it. But I kind of wanted you to dive deeper into that. Yeah, I think it's become the writing part of it. Like I said, I, I always wanted to be an actor and I think I'm going to be, hopefully be like 90 years old and I can still remember some lines and I'll still try to do some acting because I, I love it so much. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just nothing like, you know, portraying a character and digging deep. I love doing that kind of research and and diving into the history of, of someone and like filling in the blanks of what's not in the text, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, um, you know, when I graduated from college, um, you know, I had a professor who told me, because of my type, because of my size, I was always gonna, I was only gonna play like thugs and 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 gangsters and and prisoners, and that was a huge blow to my ego um, mm-hmm. at the time as like this young kid fresh out of college. You know, I didn't want to move to New York for a while because I was so nervous about it. Mm-hmm. I finally did, and like long story short, I ended up taking an acting class at this school, and one of my teachers was also like a writing teacher, and he was like, "Jason, you're so funny. Like you have all these like really funny ideas. Do you write?" And like I've always written as a kid, I just never finished anything because I never thought mm-hmm. like I never could, I never thought I would be behind the camera. You know, I saw like Will Smith and like you know, Wendy Houston and, and all those people like in front of the camera. I was like, oh, I can do that. I never thought I could be telling the stories behind the camera. And because this teacher, you know, Victor Verhey, he's an amazing actor and writer. He was like, you're really funny. You should write something and you should finish something. And because of him, you know, I, I started writing a web series, which I had never mm-hmm. done before. You know, I love I also love Issa Rae, who had this really cool, this really cool web series called Awkward Black Girl. And I kind of wrote like something that was kind of like that in a way, like very like to the camera, the office style. And I gave it to my teacher and he was like, OK, you need to film this. And I was mm-hmm. like, what does that mean? You know, like, I don't know how to film something. And. You know, I think they always say it takes like a village, right? So it was just like reaching out to people who didn't know how to do those things. And I guess to answer your question, like I love writing now. You know, I feel like I, I'm catching up on like, you know, 20 something years of not really writing and finishing stuff that I'm actually doing now. So it's kind of hard to pick. I think they're different, but they're also mm-hmm. very similar in a way of the research, I feel like. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's kind of hard to pick. I know I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. both for as long as I can. I will say that. I- yeah, no, and, and that's awesome. And and I also have to say, it is absolutely absurd and ridiculous um, that in the entertainment industry, and it's something that we've talked about a, a long time, there are so many different barriers that are up that, you know, and there are so, so many different stereotypes that they have that they play into for no apparent reason, you know, someone of your size or my size, you know, looking the way in which we do, oh, there's no way you can be a romantic lead. To quote Ludacris, bro, I, I, I got hoes. You know, how do I not, how am I not a romantic lead? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know, just, just let's, let's be in real life. Terrestrial radio. I, I used the proper words. Sir, terrestrial radio. And that didn't get edited, that didn't get edited when Ludacris love, released I, it as a I, single, I, I sir. I love you, terrestrial radio. <laughs> I love you very much. That's what I'm saying. Continue. That's so Continue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so why is there just this amazing disconnect between reality and you know what we see as the performance in the entertainment field itself? Yeah, I think I think that whole idea is changing. I think it's taking a long time and it still has a long way to go. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, 
studios are all about making money right and and what what they think sells and and what they think there's going to be the biggest profits into the day and i feel like you know kind of a very i guess kind of white thin beautiful like traditionally beautiful kind mm -hmm. of uh a facade is what they thought sold for so long, right? So there were stories by people of color or by, you know, LGBTQ stories or like, you know, just different stories that weren't being told and, and weren't being propped up, especially when they thought like, oh, these movies aren't going to sell like overseas in Europe and China and like all those places. And I feel like that's changing now. And there is this kind of like movement in entertainment industry to tell more stories and, and to to be inclusive and to give people who aren't traditionally you know what we think of as beautiful the option to be lead roles right you know I think we have a long way to go still but it's nice that for me anyway to like know that my teacher was wrong because <laughs> I have not only played a prisoner or or uh, a thug you know i've able to play a variety of roles some that i've had to write for myself but also some that i've been called in for an audition for and been cast as you know i just shot my first um my first lead role in a, in a feature film an independent feature film where i did get to play the romantic lead which was like you know little me like i never had believed that that would be the romantic lead of a film of a feature film mm -hmm. and it was hard it was hard work you know um but it was very rewarding at the end of the day and i'm so thankful for the opportunity that i got to work on that film well and and it's interesting too because now this is where i kind of bridge that gap because you actually can look historically um in the film industry in particular you know if you do not find your story out there that no one is telling your story write down and tell your story um, and then make sure you attach yourself to that. Because if you look at Sylvester Stallone, the man might not be able to speak a full sentence, but he wrote the original Rocky, um, yeah, you know, that's true. Uh, and it's absolutely amazing. And he fought, you know, so many people offered him a lot of money to take that script off his hands, but he fought to make sure he was going to be the lead in that, that, that uh, picture. So if you can, continue to put good art out there you're you know you're going to write that piece that is going to because no one can tell your story better than you right in in the reality of it no one can they can yeah. tell their side of it but they're ne never going to hit every single nuance the way you're going to hit it um and then if it is your story the best person to tell that story is, you know and to portray you in that story is you um you know and this is where you're getting the most genuine part of the art so if you can make that written piece one of the best art pieces you're going to find and yeah. then you will have that opportunity to make the rest of the that the visual aspect of it as perfect you know and i love that you had the one professor kind of neg you out a little bit but you had the other professor build you up and yeah. give you the tool now it's so to true. take on the industry from your point of view you know at that point when you are writing it, when you are directing it, when you are producing it, you know, I, I said it um, earlier this week with the podcaster that we had on, you have no God or master. You know what I mean? You are in charge of, 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 of your vision. Um, and as an artist, that is the one thing we all crave because I hate them rules. I don't like being told what to say, when to say, <laughs> how to say it. Um, <laughs> It's one of the reasons why uh, Prestige has a shock collar for me. Anytime I get too far off the thing, if you see, I you start, start going, going like that. Press. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so yeah, now that no. you're in that authentic journey, 
Yeah, and I, you know, I um on my podcast, I got to interview uh, David Zayas, who's been on Dexter and who was on Oz, and he was recently in this play on Broadway called Cost of Living. And um, he shared some advice with, and and um, some words that he hoped producers on Broadway, which I think can be can be shared to Hollywood in general, right? Entertainment business in general is like let let people let marginalized communities telling their stories not put so much pressure on them to like tell the perfect story, right? We deserve to like fail just like everyone else, right? And we deserve to get these stories out, and they may not be a blockbuster, right? But give us a second chance. Did not mm-hmm. just like one and done. So I thought that was a very cool thing that he that he said, and it was a thing I want to take with me like going forward. Is like, I of course want to make the best work I can, but it's not that I only have just one shot. You know, as as much as Eminem says, there's one shot. It's not just one shot. You should be allowed to take more than one chances, and and sometimes you're gonna win, and sometimes you're not, but you're always gonna learn from them, hopefully. No, and, and that's that's one of the super keys. We, we talk about it all the time. You know, when you are jumping in being an entrepreneur, when you are jumping into, you know, being an artist full time, you know, it fail, fail hard, fail gloriously and fail often, um, you know, because, uh, you know, the truest of acting and life coaches out there, um, the, the, the stand up philosopher Launchpad McQuack once said any landing you can walk away from is a good landing um and it's very 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 true um i believe he's he's gonna have a book coming out in uh 2027 um you know quack tales uh (laughs) 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 but you know it it is in it is in those yeah no i told man i'm i'm a goofball it is what it is Um, i was believing you were first thing and i was like oh (laughs) (laughs) i know that's what makes the joke so much better (laughs) Question though, uh, what's the name of your podcast and what platforms are they on? Oh, yeah. So, um, my podcast is called Survival Jobs. Me awesome. and my co host, Samantha Tutsalo, we interview artists that we admire about their artistic journeys, mm-hmm. like you know, where they started from, you know, working in gig work, probably, or babysitting, or working in a restaurant, or as a as a PA, wherever they started from, and how they transitioned into being a full time artist. So, you know, there's a lot of fun stories. It's very inspiring. It's been very, um, I guess, soul, soul warming for me because we started during the middle of the pandemic. And oh, wow. Yeah, started as a passion. Can, we can relate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Our, our first show was April 1st, 2020. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a lot of full circle going on right here. But for continue, sure. continue back. Continue. The cir- oh. circle of mics. It's the circle of mics. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're on um, Broadway World and we're on Broadway cool. Podcast Networks. And you can listen to it you know, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple, Podbean. Yeah, it's really fun. What's been your favorite survival job? My personal one? Yeah, your personal one. Oh. We don't so, have those favorite, you know, headache jobs that, you know, that will just come back again the next day. It just yeah. because we can tolerate. What's been the favorite survival <laughs> job you can tolerate? That's the better way to answer. That's a really question. good way to put it. Um, yeah. No, I, I, and I still do this job every now and then. Um, mm-hmm. Because I said I, I didn't want to ever go back to a restaurant, you know, after okay. the pandemic. I was like, no more of that. Um <laughs> But I do talent wrangling every once in a while, which is okay, like cool. these really cool, like really big gigs. Like I did one um, recently and I got to like, you know, you get to meet some cool people. Like I got to meet Derek Jeter and, and you know, it's just really, it's just really cool to like, you know, you're still doing something entertainment adjacent 
even though you're like, you know, you're like kind of on the bottom of the totem pole still, because you're like, you know, running around and you're doing, you know, getting people, you know, whatever they need and running around like a, like a crazy person sometimes, but it's still fun to be part of the entertainment industry in some way. And it, you know, it pays well. So that's fun. <laughs> How fun was uh, Mr. Robot? Um, what creative minds did you meet on there? Did you meet Christian Slater? Did you meet like any other? Oh, um, oh that was the guy who played Freddie Mercury. He, he's yeah, that was before he actually got yeah. that role. Yeah, Rami, um, he was so cool. That was so such awesome. a fun day. Yeah, that was like my first kind of like big uh, co-star role. Um, <laughs> And I had like four or five lines. They cut it down to one, but I was still yeah. very happy because it was with Rami. And he was so kind. Like, you know, I was just, you know, a day player there for the day. But he came up to me, introduced himself. He was like, you know, I'm like, I know who you are. Like, in my head, I'm like, I know who But it was the fact that he was just so kind and humble to do that. And it was really cool to watch him because I don't believe he's a writer on the show. I mm. think he's just an actor. But him and the, the director were so... Like they were working kind of in tandem, like you know, talking. So he had about some stuff. control of his character. Yeah, he had like a lot of control. Oh, okay. I felt like if I didn't yeah, know who the director was, I would feel like he was the director because he was just so <laughs> like hands on, and he was like That's... you know not like directing people, but he just was like he just knew like where the cameras were, mm -hmm. and he knew like where he wanted like some shots, and he was like talking to the director about it, which is really cool to see like an actor kind of in that role of like okay, I don't have to just learn my lines and be placed. I can actually like be part of the creative process in a way. And I, I know it's best for my character at the end of the day. So I can share that with the director to have and see that kind of like relationship was really cool. Mm, nice. Yeah. And one thing that's really cool, uh, what is Jay in the City? Tell me about that broadcast, tell me about that show. Oh yeah, well, that's my radio show. Um, I do it nice. once a month on WPKN. Shout out to mm -hmm. WPKN in Bridgeport, 89.5. And it's the first Monday of the month. And again, it's like just me talking to local artists. I, I talk to artists a lot. I think we're always just trying to find inspiration and stay inspired. So I talk to like local artists from, you know, Bridgeport, New Haven, Fairfield County areas, and just about, you know, their journeys as well. Like what's what's warming their souls, what's going on in their lives, what people in this community should check out that they're doing. And, um, you know, I, I, it's kind of like Survivor Jobs, but on like a, a more local scale, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And yeah. just you, and it's kind of really different because you have a podcast perspective of you doing things, and then you have like this somewhat semi-controlled um, perspective of, of how, how you like to do things. Um, do you see more of these art forms just talking to people as just a great way of therapy with you? Because you're a creative, you're a creative as well too. I mean, that that do other people, other guests that you bring on, do they inspire you to be a better individual? Oh my gosh, all the time. Like I'm yeah. always, I'm always learning from my guests because I feel like, you know, I'm talking about the positives and you guys are so great to like focus on like some really cool things I've done. I'm so thankful for that, but Absolutely. it's not always rainbows and butterflies, right? There's, there's a lot of, a lot of hard times. There's been times where I was like, what am I doing? I don't know if I can keep doing this. You know, I've been on like 10 auditions and I had never got, didn't get a call back <laughs> or you know, there've been times where like, I had like four callbacks on a thing and I've been so close to something, I didn't get it. And like how right. kind of crushing that can be. But I think talking to other artists, like, hey, like we're kind of all in this together and like everyone's journey is different. But as long as you, A, like you kind of like stay grounded, right? And stay humble, stay open, be a kind person and make those organic connections and keep at it. You, your time will come, you know? And I think, everyone's idea of success is is different, right? Some people want to get to that Oscar stage, you know, and some people just want to wake up every day and create. And I'm kind of finding out that's kind of what, like, I want to do. Like, yes, I want to get to the Oscars. 2028 was my goal. So I have a couple more years still. But I think 
at the end of the day, if I can just wake up and be like, hey, you know, today I'm getting to shoot a movie. And then, you know, next month I get to like teach an acting class. And then the next month I get to, you know, work on a Broadway play. Like, I just want to wake up every day and be an artist and be paid for my art. That's kind of like the goal. And I think I'm reminded of that when I get to talk to different artists, like who are who are being fulfilled and who are inspired and they're inspiring me as well. Um, is being an actor the best unemployed experience? <laughs> uh, is it the best unemployed experience? I think it's it's it has its moments, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's cool that we get to like you know, I get to read plays and I get to watch movies and that's kind of like research, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so I will say that, you know, some days when I'm like watching something, I'm like, oh, kind of wasting time watching this. I'm like, no, like I'm actually learning a lot from Steven Yoon watching this beef, uh, eight hours of beef on Netflix. Like, you know, I'm actually getting a master class <laughs> in acting right here. So it's like, I feel a little less guilty about it, you know, but yeah, this is a really good question. Despite um, his past, of all the crazy things he has done. Um, he is a very talented individual, James Franco. Um, what have you learned from him? Um, just piggybacking through his mind yeah. and, you know, just all of that. Please tell me. Yeah, well, I think... Um... On WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, part of the Super Kick Party, Mr. E.C. Blues is in the building. Go ahead, Jason, my apologies. Oh, no, no, it's great. Um, I think like watching him um so I got to spend some time with him um back in like 2015 and 2016 because I was I was running his acting school oh wow yeah I was the I was the yeah the um the director of operations and um yeah it just was he kind of he kind of was living that life where you know every day he woke up and he got to do what he wanted to do professionally like artistically right so like yeah, course, he was yeah. he was flying in um on a weekly basis to teach a master class in acting right in between working on an hbo show that he was filming during the week and and he also was writing a musical at the time and it was just really cool to see like he's living his artistic life and that kind of was like the first time i was like wow that's kind of really cool and that's kind of like what i want to do like i just want to wake up every day and create you know i don't want to be working at a restaurant i don't want to like be working mm-hmm doing X, Y, and Z, like, I want to be an artist. I'm, I am an artist, and I'm of going course. to work on that every day. Every day is the goal until I retire. Like, I just want to be surrounded by artists. And I want to be doing artistic things. And, like, I love writing. I guess I love acting. I love producing. And I think I can do it all um, as long as I, you know, keep working hard at it. And to get to that next level is possible. So that's something I really admired about him and seeing him work. And he was so passionate. Um, you know, there's a lot of things out there but you know when he was in our class he was super passionate about the work and about fine-tuning the writing and that was really inspiring um to see so I'll definitely say that Broadway or television Ooh, (laughs) um I think it goes it goes back to what oh geez that's such a hard question I guess easy was saying right (laughs) I think there's a saying, I think I'm going to, I hope I don't get it wrong, but it's like you do TV to pay your bills. You do right. movies to get famous and then you do uh, Broadway because it's get better to, to, get to better. sharpen your sword. Is that, is that the case? You know, yeah. you know, 
Like it's like fighters, they go back to like that old gym, you know, to get buff and toned and lean for that next big mainstream fight. You feel that's way you feel Broadway is the same thing for actors. Okay, let me. Yeah, I think oh, I think okay, cool. that's how theater. I mean, for me anyway, it's like there's not. I mean, when you're on set and you're filming scenes and on a, on a, on a film set, mm. it's kind of like stop and go, right? So like, yeah. and it, it, I feel like. And I, I, you know, I haven't done much as a lead yet. You know, I've only been yeah. a couple of shorts mm-hmm. and my first feature was last December, but um, it's very stop and go. And I feel like mm-hmm. the performance is kind of made through the, through, through what angles and through the directors um, and the director and the editor working together for the final cut. That's mm-hmm. kind of like where your performance is made because you, you can do things multiple different ways because it's like not live. But, you know, in theater, I feel like you're there and it's like in the moment, moment to moment in that room and on that stage, wherever it is. And it's like, yeah, you can have all the training and you have all the rehearsals. But then when it's that moment where you're there for that play or that musical, whatever it is, it's like, that's what it is. You know, there's no like editing that. You can't fake it. You can't. You can't fake it. You can't fake it at all. And I, I imagine that genuine feeling just with the audience is probably so overwhelming and so exciting it's probably undescribable am i right yeah and it's it's it's, there's nothing like it you know there's nothing when the adrenaline being on stage and sometimes you know i've done some plays where it's just it's just so intimate and you forget there's an audience there because you're just so in the moment and those are like the best times where it's just like me and my scene partners and like i forget like i I may hear like a little bit of laughter in the distance but i forget that like you know, because I always, I was always told 90% of your thoughts when you're acting should be your character's thoughts. You should be in the, in right. the world of your character. And then in 10% is like, okay, make sure you like, you know, you don't walk off the stage. Like you make sure you find your light and like, you make sure you're like, you know, <laughs> so, and I think, you know, getting, when you actually get to that point, you know, right. it's, it's such a beautiful and, and such a beautiful and, and inspiring. And like, you, you're like, damn, ooh, darn, I did it. You know, darn, I did it. Like you feel so good. <laughs> good about it you know i was watching some interviews with uh denzel washington you know michael keaton just like did some kind of action just prep for this interview and Goats. they said uh your first jobs like the jobs you take on just like to build yourself and to build your character really say a lot about you just as a professional do you agree um you can't just take like anything or just like you're just trying to get there to make a name for yourself, just grab anything you can. Yeah, I mean, I thought you had to just take anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when right. I first moved to New York, I was like, oh, you got to just work. Um, but right. I remember, you know, I had an experience where I got I got cast in this off off Broadway play. Mm-hmm. And it was a disaster. Like the, the director and like, I don't like to talk junk about anybody. And I don't remember right, his name or anything. Yeah, yeah. But the director was just like. I've never worked with a person like that who just wasn't, you know, a director is supposed to be the top. He's at the top or she's at the top, right? They're mm-hmm. like the person who's supposed to, cult- to cultivate mm-hmm. the rehearsal room. It's supposed to be warm. It's supposed to be a leader. And this person like was not that. Right. And uh, the rehearsal schedule was all over the place. And I felt like we weren't being utilized. And it was just a very chaotic experience. And I was like, this is this is like New York City theater. Like this is weird. Now I was very young. I just moved to New York, and mm-hmm. I remember talking to one of my um, one of my professors, and I was like, "Is this how it's supposed to be?" And he was like, "No, it's not. That's not how it's supposed to be." And I was thinking about quitting, but I never quit anything before. I'm like, I came yeah. from the school of like, you don't quit. You know, you do the show. The show must go on. You make the best of it. And he was like, "If it's not fulfilling you, you can definitely quit. If it's not 
where you want to be, if you don't want to align yourself with that, you can definitely quit. So I think, yes, you can definitely, you don't have to take every, every role that's offered to you. You don't have to take every part. You have to like, know what you want to say as an actor, what you want to say as a person. And if you don't feel comfortable doing something, like don't do it, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth your integrity or your morality. If it's something that you don't believe in. No, that's 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 super key and, and I, I love that you guys actually brought that up because because yeah. it is is that aspect and and there is a flip side of that coin as well because yeah. you did have that experience and you learned a ton of what not to be as a director you know one of the things that i definitely picked up in, in the army was i learned some things from great sergeants and some great from some great cadre um but i learned more from the bad ones I learned what not to do. And when you can learn what not to do, that it, that becomes super valuable. You know who you don't want to be. You have that example in front of you. Um, and you can definitely walk away. If, if it does not, if one, if it's not super feeding your house, if the paycheck does not, you know, where you're like, I'm totally going to walk away from this, but my next six months of rent is already paid <laughs> from this job. Maybe you finish out that job, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah, I know how much my integrity costs. And <laughs> right now it costs six months of not having to pay bills. Um, yeah, it, so it, it's a business thing. I'm sorry. You know, at the end of the day, I look, man, Hunter S. Thompson has say, stated the, this industry is full of liars, cheats, creeps, thieves, pimps, prostitutes, and johns. And there's a downside. Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about the web series Shaw. Oh gosh, about it, it won some awards. Please give us some yeah. details. So that was um the first thing I ever wrote, which was okay. um, yeah, it was I wrote and finished, and I was like, I didn't know it was gonna be a web series. I kind of was just like, I remember I just had worked on this show called White Collar as a production assistant, as office production assistant. And it was like eight months of draining work. And I remember it was like done in October. I went down to Chelsea Pier and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so hard. Like just being a PA and like running around on a professional set. And I was just like, I need to be creative. So I just went down to Chelsea Pier and I just started writing. And I was like, listening to my, my teacher's voice in my head was just like, write something, finish something, finish something. And that was eventually became Shaw. And it's about this misunderstood black man who ends up in anger management and uh, therapy, which I thought was really cool because I feel like even though it's changing, like therapy in black household just was still kind of taboo for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was cool to kind of shine a light on that. And it was a comedy kind of like the office style. So there's like the, the looking to the camera, like, you know, gym style and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun to make, you know, everyone worked for free. I, I, have, I owe so many people favors because it was just like people believed in the script and believed in me and they were like, let's do it. So we like shot on the weekends, um, you know, for like, like four months, like every weekend for four months of film, six episodes. And nice. you know, it was so much fun. And, you know, I didn't know what to do with it after I was like, okay, I wrote this and then I produced it. I got one of my good friends, Carrie, to direct the first couple episodes and I directed the, the last one. So I was able to like watch him and learn from it, like mm -hmm. learn from him directing film. Um, and that was just a cool experience. And then I was like, I guess I can submit to like film festivals. I had really no idea like what that process was like. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. I learned that and, you know, we got into a couple and I won some awards and I was like, okay, I guess I'm an award winning 
filmmaker now like i didn't I had no idea what that would be like and so yeah. it's kind of like a journey it's been a, kind of been like hey if you want to do something like don't just sit around waiting like do it and learn on the way ask people questions you know ask people for favors return favors to people when they do one for you but like don't be scared don't be scared to do something just because you don't know how like we have endless amount of resources like youtube is a godsend and and you can yeah. always meet people and you make those those organic connections like we were talking about before and if people believe in you and believe in your work they'll help you out and that's kind of how shaw was it was definitely a labor of love and i learned so much from doing that project you mentioned festivals um you have a festival come on please tell the people in our audience oh yeah yeah well, no yeah, so I thought by the time I was in my, <laughs> in hey, my... I'm a little confused. One says yes, one says no. My, oh. my face is in the middle. The zoom is a little bit messed up. But well, please, <laughs> just got just got a little lost. I'm sorry, but uh, no. I thought by the time I was in my 30s, I would be uh, wealthy and famous like Oprah, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a long way to go. But um, you know, during the pandemic. And seeing all the the reckoning of like the black and the Black Lives Matter movement that was happening in in 2020, and and this like fight for equality, I was like, what more can I do? Like I was marching in the streets and I was donating money from the unemployment I was getting, and I was just like, what more? Like I felt like there's more. So I was like, I always had this idea of doing a film festival um, because I had such great experiences when I was submitting Shaw, and I was like, Bridgeport could really use something like this. You know, it's a very, as we all know, Bridgeport is like, has a very negative reputation in the media. It's a very underserved community that can benefit from more art and more culture, more humanities. So I was like, I think that can kind of be my way of like doing more is like starting from my community. And I'm so proud to be from Bridgeport. And I love being from Bridgeport. Everyone talks about diversity and inclusion. And that's all I've ever known coming from Bridgeport. So right. I thought that was a good way of like me kind of bringing something of value here. So during the pandemic, I met up with a, a local nonprofit called Groundwork Bridgeport, who were super supportive of me and of the idea. And they helped me put on this three, this massive three-day festival at the Klein Memorial, where we screened over 70 films in person and virtually from 15 different countries. Mm. And we had workshops and we had panels and we had industry meetups and I remember I met um I met up with Trish Clark, who's like the president of the Nutmeg Institute. And she was like, this is the most diverse film festival I've ever been to, like here in this area. And that was such a huge, a huge compliment to me because I want that to be represented here in Bridgeport. You know, I want that here. So we're going to our third year uh, this September, September 8th through the 10th. Submissions close next Tuesday, June 20th. So if you have a film, or you have a web series or a short screenplay, you can submit that by June 20th. If not, Beautiful. we'll open it again for next year, but come September 8th through the 10th, this fall at the Climb Memorial here in Bridgeport. We only have so much uh, little time for this broadcast. Um, any inspire, I mean, you, you gave enough gems um, throughout this whole entire show. Oh, so thank you. Y'all asked great um, questions. It was, this is fantastic. We tried. We tried our best. Thank you so it's much. It's all it's prestige. It's all prestige. It, it, it's all easy with his uh, amazing personality. But um, <laughs> any inspiring um, things you have left to tell people um, who are at that closest edge, you know, because they always say when you're about to give up, that's the moment, you know, things turn around for you. So um, anything yeah. you got left to tell anybody, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, I mean, just if this is something that you like really want to do, if like if acting or if, if producing or writing is something that like you can't imagine yourself doing anything else, like I say, what do you have to lose? Like, I mean, if you have like a family, a family of five or something you have to support, yes, that's like a very big thing, but you can still, even with those obstacles, you can still try to make it work. And, you know, like I said, you have a community of people. If you don't have that community built in, go like go to local film festivals and meet people, make those organic connections. You never know who you can meet by just going to a festival or, or, or going to, you know, a, a special screening. Like I heard Spike Lee was in New Haven recently, like yeah. go to those kind of events and just make these connections. Right. And just talk to people because people want to support and uplift you. You know, like if you're a good person and, and they see that you're a good person and see you're working hard, people will give their time. You know, I, I say, ask people for, hey, can I buy you a coffee? Can we chat? You know, someone who's like in a position where you want to be one day, you know, can I talk to you on Zoom for half an hour? Just, you know, don't let don't let people like tell you, no, you can't do it. Don't let outside obstacles stop you if it's something that you really want to do. I know it's easier said than done, but there's always support and there's always community out there. So that's kind of like my long-winded way. And maybe I'm saying that from uh, a place of privilege. So no, 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 this is what we want. And uh, last but not least, the last question we have, and I'll just really quick, uh, please give any social media, any ways to contact you before you Oh, go. yeah. It's just my name on, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, Jason A. Coombs, mm -hmm. C-O-O-M-B-S. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much for being a part of the show. We do appreciate you, myself, Prestige, and... My partner in crime, Long Island Rave, Elm City <laughs> Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Jason, we appreciate you being with us on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you, you guys. Trying to figure out what it's all about Excellent chalice Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know I don't know I don't know Spending time all alone Sending my songs through the phone Dreaming of a better home We want focused on trying to hone This craft Witchcraft I hope the brujas let this last I don't know If the earth is painted.